0: All right, so now we are going star. to <coughs> talk about
1: voodoo. Yes, is is that the right way to pronounce it? Or is, voodoo, voodoo, so voodoo. The, I mean, the English word is voodoo. The original word is voodoo, 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 voodoo. which comes from the Ewe and Fon languages in West Africa, and they can be that can be translated into the word spirit or free the community. That's what voodoo means. Okay. Yes.
0: Yes. So we we, we're going to talk about a lot of the misconceptions of of voodoo. Yes. um, I know. Speaking from my experience as an African American, growing up, I was a lot of what I thought voodoo was was you know what Hollywood and TV projected, right? The imagery um, and different ideas of it. So yes. Elaborate a little bit or give us a brief summary of what you, voodoo is. It's your global Japan fam Daisha and you are listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast from my favorite corner in the world, Shibuya, Tokyo, Japan.
1: So voodoo as I mentioned earlier, comes from West Africa. Specifically, it's not something that exists all over Africa, right? So the framework within that the Ewe and the Fon people develop. That is known as Fudu practice. And the practice spread to the world as a result of the slave trade. Um, where we had West Africans going to the Americas and they went to, you know, the Caribbean and they went to Haiti and things like that. And then the word also changed and it also got incorporated with other West African spiritual practices. But then the overall framework was called voodoo, right, for many practices, right? But the the practice actually is just a very ancient spiritual and herbal way. Um, It's more of a worldview than a religion. Okay. Right, so that it requires you to respect nature. It acknowledges the sacredness of nature and the divineness of nature everywhere. So there are gods, or it's similar to Shinto actually. I was, was going to go Shinto, there, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah. Where it's, there is a god in the river, in the trees, and whatnot. Uh, so that's one element of voodoo. Um, another element is respect for ancestors and veneration of ancestors, right? So we are because of them. So this continuation is necessary to acknowledge so a very big part of voodoo practice is ancestral veneration which right? has same common point with Japan yes so that um, that that's that a practice um, and I myself as our, so our father he is a voodoo priest right and I'm also a voodoo priest I've been practicing now for 11 years so I'm a voodoo priest but I'm, I'm not like a how would I say Experience, voodoo priest. The okay. yeah, there are levels to it, okay. right? So, I'm a voodoo young voodoo priest, you know, still learning, right? And Pele is not a priest, but Pele is a practitioner.
2: So, okay, my being from Louisiana, yes, and of course, you know, it's close, you know, close to Haiti and all those places, we have a, a large Haitian population that's you know, oh. in, in Louisiana, you know, in our New Orleans area. I found out a couple of years ago, and of course. You know, you you were in the states, so you watched our sports leagues, right? Like the National Football League. Well, we have the Arena yeah. Football League, and the name of our team is the New Orleans English pronunciation, I mean Americanized pronunciation, the New Orleans Voodoo. And so, <laughs> when I was growing up, and I grew up in the '60s and '70s, right, and Voodoo was presented to us in a way is is uh, you know, they have the Voodoo dolls. Yes, so if you wished. Dolls. Ill on someone, you would poke pins yeah. in the dolls, and then that person would experience pain in that area of the body. And, and, um, and not to
0: cut you off, that's uh, that's a scene displayed in the the movie Chucky, uh, Child's Play Part One. I, th- yeah. I believe it's Part One. They they have a similar. Uh,
1: idea. Is that is that where it started from? I'm,
0: I want to say that's where it started, well, but well, as a kid, that's what I well, remember about. Voodoo. voodoo that's how i think i probably it's probably where i was it didn't start
2: to from there because you know i'm 20 years older now, yeah so stuff <laughs> well for pins me pins and 70s, dolls is right, like huge yeah pins and dolls i can't exactly remember the movies but they would you know that was their depiction of voodoo yeah so of course you know you're being you know young impressionable and all this that and the other and you know of course you're 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 conditioned by the media yeah so everything that they showed us about voodoo was oh it's dangerous it's, and of course american America being a Christian dominated society and everything. So they gave us these, um, so when I, when I was growing up as a, you know, black dude, I'm like, oh, man, that voodoo stuff, that's some poisonous stuff, that's some, ooh, that's some stuff you don't want to get into because if you piss them off, they'll probably take the doll's leg and break mm. it and then your leg will get broke. <laughs> and that,
0: that's, the, that's the kind of
2: crazy shit we saw growing yeah. up. And that's what happened in the movie, in the child play movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. but this yeah. was even before that movie. Yeah. What, you so know, yeah years yeah. before yeah. that movie. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm saying is, is that when I heard that you guys were coming on, there's always something about the Western media. Of course, they're not going to make themselves look bad. They're going to create these fucked up narratives. And I'm, I just want to be to listen to actual practicing voodoo priest and, and, you know, a practitioner like yourself. So it's not meant to be a religion. Like, let's say you guys don't have churches or mega churches or nothing like that. So it's more about what it's
1: more about connecting to your inner self mm. and connecting to your destiny so it there is a lot of so a big part of voodoo practice is divination right mm. in japan it's like uranai where you are checking you ask a priest to look into your life and then they tell you your strengths they tell you your weaknesses they give you basically dietary advice behavioral advice and that's how you learn and you grow and you get closer to your destiny in Vodou, it's believed that every single person is um, has a predetermined destiny that they choose before they arrive into this world, and when they come into this world, they may not know, but part of one of the objectives of voodoo is to be able to know your destiny and to fulfill your destiny, right? And work it in the most positive manifestation, right? So that is what is very deep self-awareness as well as living in harmony with nature and society and is really supportive. That's why voodoo actually means free the community because you use these wisdom in nature and in the spirit world and ancestors to be able to free yourself of problems and challenges, which is also why there's a negative image of it. So when you think of the negative image, we must ask why is there a negative perception of voodoo? Who created that narrative? Um, and a big part of um A large part of Africans who were sent to the Americas during the slave trade were using voodoo as a way to protect themselves against their slave masters. So in many colonies, um, African religions were kind of banned and outlawed because Mm. they will bring slaves together and they didn't want that kind of thing. And... Those things were seen by the slave masters as negative, so they needed to discredit these practices, and it was a threat. Um, And if you look very clearly, the you know the Haitian Revolution in the late um, 18th century um, was started by a voodoo ceremony Mm. where a. Voodoo priest by the name of Tutti Boukman came together and asked the slaves that, you know, the real God in the world doesn't want us to be slaves, you know, he wants us to be free. And that kind of kicked off the big Haitian revolution, which led to the first free black nation in the Western Hemisphere, right? And that was from a voodoo ceremony. I knew Haiti's, where they stood in history for uh,
0: us. You know, people of the diaspora, but I didn't know that it was started by a voodoo priest. Yes.
1: Okay. Wow. Yes, his name is Huga. So, Huga means Funoga. A priest of voodoo it will be called a Funo, right? And a Funoga is ga means big. So a big voodoo priest is called a funoga. But then that's the original word from West Africa. But over centuries, it changed. So now they call it Huga So if you write huga on the internet and you write huga duty bookman, you'll see. And you'll see where the Haitian revolution started and it started off with the voodoo
2: ceremony. So people of any religious practice could practice voodoo. Yes. So it's not one of those things where you have to give up what you're doing in
1: order to. No, it's not. It's not. Which is why it's very different from the mainstream religions that we see now. It's and, and that's why I say it's similar to Shinto as well because Shinto, you could consider it a religion, but it's also not a religion because it's not as centralized as other practices, right? Yes. And, and that's the case with voodoo as well. It's not centralized, you don't have one prophet, you don't have one deity that everybody must adhere to. We acknowledge that it's a creator but the way in which people reach that creator or acknowledge that creator is very, very different. And it a virus from like one village to the next. There's mm. no
3: Ghanaian way versus Togolese way. There's like each community has their own way of going about things and... You know, different ways they know how to, and that's why it's like it's kind of one of the foundations of voodoo is to constantly keep learning, because as much as you can be a hougan, you know a lot of stuff. There's always something somewhere that you don't know, and so there's that like culture of trying to learn as much from as many people as you can, and yeah. So
0: I want to kill some of the misconceptions. I mean, there, there are probably many of them out there. Can you kill some right now?
1: um Misconceptions that every voodoo person is a devil worshiper, right? In at, I you know we grew up in Ghana, you know nine out of ten Ghanaians are Christian and Muslim, right? So this issue is not only an issue of outside of the continent, but even in the continent, there's a problem of the misconception. I was called devil worshiper by my teachers by my classmates right by your and that's African a very teachers. that's a very big wow. misconception yes. and the reason that's a misconception is that the concept of satan or devil doesn't exist in futu it's a foreign one right but it's now been made as though it's universal and the reason why i say it's a foreign concept is that uh, the idea of satan or the devil is an angel that fell out with god and now is just doing everything to work against god there's no deity like that in futu that is working against the creator. They are negative deities and positive deities. And by negative, I mean that they have the potential to destroy, but that doesn't necessarily make them evil, right? Okay. Negativity is like the yin yang, and the the black, right? It depends on which side you're looking at it. So there's no deity that's an all evil deity. So this idea that uh, voodoo practitioners are devil worshipers is nonsense. It doesn't exist.
2: So the same, uh, I guess, the same image. is people who practice witchcraft. Yes, is that similar to
1: witchcraft? So it depends on how we define witchcraft, mm. right? And, and what is witchcraft now? In 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 our language, what people today call witchcraft, they call it aje, right? Um, but in medieval Europe, they also have their own understanding of witchcraft, where you had ladies who were accused of being against the Catholic Church, were tied and they were drowned in the lake. Burned in and, the and that, so when we use the word witchcraft to describe West African practices, there's also a problem of mistranslation. And like all of the, the worldview that exists in Europe cannot just be directly translated into Africa and said voodoo is equal to witchcraft. Ajay itself is Ajay it's not witchcraft right Ajay is a predominantly female force that's very powerful um, that can be used to heal it can be used to destroy but today people have equated Ajay with witchcraft and so now all witchcraft or what we call Ajay is seen as very negative right okay any other
0: uh, misconceptions you want to kill right now um
1: well, actually, one of our films that we
3: have—the um, first one—is called "Like a Knife," the real voodoo. And like Senna was mentioning earlier, with how energies... because a lot of times when people um, think about voodoo, yeah, they think you know the it's all negative. And actually, th- that thought is very, very. Predominant in Africa, I think you probably find more Africans who are against Voodoo than anywhere else. You know, we hate it more than anybody else. You know, wow. and a lot of Africans do tend to believe in the potency of it. So the question in Africa is less about is it real or is it not real, whereas if you go out there, is it real and people are like, Ooh, uh. but in Africa, people believe a lot of people believe in the potency of it, but Africans are the most scared and um, against it. I guess because of how pr- Christianity has been brought into africa to be at direct odds with voodoo and so like you know people always try and take us to like like oh come to my church you know are you scared to see my pastor because that yeah. and trying to like make it look like a battle but it doesn't have to be yeah. that you don't have to practice voodoo and then that means you can't do anything else in the world you can practice christianity and do voodoo at the same time and in one of our films and i mentioned this proverb that says if there's a if there are two birds flying in the sky, they don't have to collide with each other. That voodoo is a very open practice that is not grounded by any set, um, how do you say, customs or... Like, yes, there are customs in there, but it's not like grounded in stone. You know, we can always learn from something else. And so you can practice multiple other religious practices along with voodoo. So it's it's not a contradiction
0: to be... to accept Christian ideals
1: no. and also be... A, no, it's not... A it, I think it depends on the philosophy that you you you, you want to embrace, Okay. Right? So if you believe that there's... the only way to go to heaven is through, for example, Jesus Christ, then you may have a conflict when you have many deities calling up on you, right? Yes. But there are Christians who do not believe that, right? So there are Christians who believe in the potency... And, and and the efficacy of other faiths around the world. So if you can have that more syncretic or pluralistic view of the world, and you can respect other parts, right? Because when we talk about religion or we talk about God, God exists everywhere, right? It's not only the descendants of Abraham who were able to discover God. And Africans are much, much older than, much, uh, much, much, much older, much, 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 right? So much, to much, say much, that uh, yes. Africans do not know how to worship God a creator is actually very insulting. And that is the narrative that has been pushed, that Africans did not know how to pray to a creator until we were taught through slavery, which is nonsense, right? So that's a very big misconception. So if you are of the belief that Africans did not know and that you must go through only Judeo-Christian faiths to get to God, then you may find it very difficult having to acknowledge ancestors. But if you are a Christian and you can acknowledge these things, then it will be very easy for you to practice Fudu because Fudu is not going to tell you you can't do this, you can't do this because of your beliefs. Fudu is very accepting of the efficacy um, and wisdom from other parts.
0: A lot of us... African Americans are Christian, and what's missing is the ancestor part mm. it doesn't it's not in that structural belief system with a lot of African Americans um, i I wasn't taught to worship my ancestors
2: uh, were you I mean nope it was it, all about worshiping that. Jesus, Jesus, that white version of Jesus and yeah. everything. But yeah. you know, I've been a Buddhist. I'm, I'm, you know, you probably heard of Soka Gakkai or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. been a Soka Gakkai member since eighty seven, right? And uh, I was a, I'm, I've always been a type of person that believe in peaceful coexistence. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because because you're not going to change every religion around the world. You're not going to you know, as long as you're telling people that theirs is bad. And that's what I loved about the Soka Gakkai when I joined. Mm. They were never. Hey, we don't put down other people's beliefs and everything like that. We embrace them because in order to have world peace, we have to have coexistence. Is there anything since I'm a Buddhist? Uh, is there anything a Buddhist? Is there anything about karma or something of the sort? Does that relate to voodoo in any way, shape, or form?
1: Um, In in a way, yes. It's not explicitly called karma or whatnot, but it's believed that if you do good to people, good will come back to you. If you do negative to people, that negative will come back to you and also your descendants, right? Because we believe in the continuation of a person through their bloodline. And therefore, if you do negative things now, that will come back not only to you, but to your family. Um, So so that's the way I would say that it relates to to um, karma if mm-hmm. you may yeah
2: so if i were to be interested in practicing mm. voodoo um what would you say to a person like me? i'm i'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to be a buddhist right yeah but what would you say to a person like me what would you ask me as far as what would like maybe your goal for doing this or what would be
1: my question to you yes yeah, I'll ask you that. Why would you want to practice Voodoo? It depends, right? So there are many people who are looking for very instant solutions, especially in the continent, because they hear Voodoo is like supernatural and whatnot. They're looking for instant solutions to their financial problems, mm-hmm. their marital problems, right? And if you are trying to look at Voodoo from that angle, you wouldn't go far. Right, okay. I mean, voodoo can be used to solve problems, which even though they're financial or marital, but they take a very long term view of that. Right, it's not about you take your wand and then you change things. Right, some things are not in alignment with your destiny, and you must learn that it's not alignment with your destiny through divination. So, the things that you desire may not necessarily always be the things that you get. Right, so if you are trying to take a more um, learning perspective to learn more about your deep self, right? To be learn more about herbal wisdom right herbal medicine and things like that then you should practice voodoo but the first step is to find a good teacher who will be able to tell you because there are a lot of misconceptions voodoo is not something that you can practice from reading books you know you must have that connection when one gets initiated into voodoo or gets initiated into a spirit is me passing on the authority that i was given from my elder to the next person and you can't do that in a book um so, it's a very human to human connection, and that's how it's been passed on for centuries.
3: Well, that said, I think not everybody has, and in the future, the case is going to be more so where not everyone's going to have access to teachers, you know. And I think, as uh, the project Sena and I do is called Revolution, and we're trying yes. to digitize the knowledge. We're trying to hopefully see how in the future we can use virtual reality and AI and stuff to help more people have access because the truth is that a lot of voodoo practitioners are. Are dying out the the, I guess the practice is kind of dying out where you don't have. I mean, the last five years we've lost like at least like seven, eight like very very knowledgeable teachers, and in the future there's going to be less and less of those and more people who don't have access. So I feel there's like even though you might not have like a direct teacher who can physically initiate you, there are ways you can learn from like the cost the how would you say, the teachings and the principles that we get from voodoo, because they can be applied in many ways. But I think it will be most ideal if you can have a human connection to guide you through it.
0: Yeah. How about mom, is she a practitioner? So our mom is
1: not, I mean, she practices certain elements. So like voodoo practice you can kind of take the things that you want and the things that you don't want, right? So our mother, she's Japanese, she has her own ancestral beliefs and, and whatnot, which actually ties very nicely into voodoo because exactly. <laughs> in, 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 in and I think my father he said that he's much happier with somebody who has this same way of thinking about ancestors than if he married even a maybe a Ghanaian lady who is saying that ancestral worship is evil. That's a great right? point. Right. So yeah. like that there was more synergy in the philosophy than some people who may practice different religions, but she will get like protective amulets and things, and she'll do divination Mm. to be able to guide her life. But she's not somebody who's like a practitioner, who's working spirits and like offering libations all the time. Okay. Talk a little bit about the rituals and and the practice So a big part of Voodoo, which, for example, I do every morning here in Tokyo, I Mm. have a little shrine in my apartment. I can share a photo with you later. Yes. Um, Is just offering water, or alcohol to the earth and also to your ancestors right right and and that, that's it's it's you know symbolic of how the when the rains fall and water the earth that is how life forms that's how we get the plants that will do and so when we do offer libations that is kind of symbolic of doing that and so we are nurturing mother earth and we are nurturing our ancestors and when we do so we ask them to you know give us long life, prosperity, happiness and we ask them to guide us closer to our destiny and open the doors of opportunity for us and then prevent things of illness, death, sickness, poverty. So that's the most basic thing. And that's something that you can do even without initiation. So a lot of uh, our followers, now we have about 11,000 followers on our platform on Facebook from over 30 countries. And a lot of people are asking, so how can what can I do, what can I do? And the easiest thing people can do is to start to just acknowledge your ancestors presence and because they are in your blood right if you cut this blood those are your ancestors that have been there for centuries unknown and known and Mm -hmm. just acknowledging that I think that's a very powerful step for people to understand that you are not alone you know you are a continuation of several centuries of struggles brilliance beauty dignity and just acknowledging that I think that's a very powerful people to reclaim their identity Um, and their own in spirituality
3: and just to add to that i think when we think about ancestors a lot of times we stretch our mind to like who was there a hundred years ago but then one thing that i thought was interesting my dad was mentioning the other day is i think a lot of african americans feel like very disconnected from ancestry yes we do because they um, they came a long time ago from africa but then the truth is that your ancestor is your father, who might have passed, you know, your mother, your grandmother, your great auntie, whoever it was, you know, they are your ancestors, and if you know
1: their names, that is, you know, as powerful. Enough, it's enough you know? to connect to it's all to your connect. ancestors with that one ancestor because you are all connected by blood. Yeah. So it's not. I mean. On a, on a personal level, I think it's powerful to know where you come from, and I think now with technology, with the DNA test, you can know exactly do, where do you, you guys, come from. What do you think about those tests? No, I think it's. I mean, I think it's it's good for people, and I you know You don't think some it's
0: people, a scam? Some of it.
1: I, I don't. I'm don't? not a scientist to, okay. to know the particulars. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, with that said. You know, that that is also moving some people to say that I must know and if I don't know my ancestors then I'm lost. But that's not the case, right? You can practice voodoo, you can practice West African spirituality without knowing exactly where your ancestors come from. Just knowing your most Immediate deceased relative is enough to connect you, and you just need to meditate on that to acknowledge. And it's like, I don't know where my like, I don't know, I've never met my father's father before, and I don't know the people before him.
3: And like, everyone was moving around from all kinds of places, Yeah, you know, we just know they're from there, yeah.
1: We gotta wrap up soon, but
0: um, you know, when you were in the states, how did African Americans receive you? Like, how was that connection? Because I, you know, I in the past, um, I wish I would have reached out more to my African brothers, you know, when I was in the states. But I didn't really have that connection there. And I and when I think back about it, you know, I read a book one time and it talked about how powerful the media was to uh, keeping us separate, keeping us distant, mm-hmm. you know, the African American mm-hmm. and the African. And you, there were these. Um, Perceptions that we had of each other, you know. Um, mm. For Africans Americans, we looked at Africans as you know jungle people, mm. and you know evil. E- evil, voodoo, this and that. And then for us, on the flip side, Africans will look at us as you know gangsters, mm. thugs, you know, right. drug right. users, that right. type of thing. So I just wanted to know your experiences in,
3: in America. Um, so I I guess, I mean, there were times where. Yeah, definitely the media definitely does play a role. I remember just about four years ago, I was in um uh, I went to New York City for Thanksgiving and I was in the Bronx and I was talking with one of my friends from Ghana and I was just terrified. I was like, We're gonna get mugged. Yeah, and like exactly. I don't know why we were where we were. We were just like walking in like some dark place and I was like, What are we doing here? We're gonna get mugged, you know, and mm-hmm. like those those fears. But then in school, when I first went there was in two thousand and fifteen So Black Lives Matter was, like, very, very, like, strong at the time. It was everywhere. And I feel there was this, I think, there was, like, a level of intolerance that was brewing, especially maybe in, like, these, like, liberal schools where um, a lot of, there's not, like, the POCs are, like, a very small minority and they're very strong. And I felt, I went in there because I had never been to America and how I thought about blackness was coming from my African perspective. And it was a little different from what African-Americans thought about blackness because what it means to be black in America is different Mm. from what it is to be black in Africa. And I often felt like when I'd discuss or not, I guess not discuss but maybe like debate with like my African-American friends about what I thought about hair politics or what I thought about things like cultural appropriation, I had a very different way of looking at it. And I felt I wasn't very heard, you know, because a lot of African-Americans and POCs, out there are kind of tired of explaining because mm-hmm. they've had to explain their whole lives. or So there their the sensitivities that they had that I didn't have. And a lot of times we just kind of not really agree with each other. And I, I felt I wasn't being hurt. A lot of them, like, you just don't understand. And over time, after I lived there for four years, I started to understand where they were coming from. In my first year, I used to try and engage a lot and, like, debate. But then after some time, I, I just kind of pulled back and stopped engaging, actually. Because I was like, well, there's no winning. They're not going to listen. It's whatever. But then after four years, I noticed why America looks at things that way. Because that is America. And it's a very different society. And I kind of learned that over time. Mm -hmm. And I grew the sensitivities that I was being told about in my um, first year. But, yeah, I think I I did not engage as much. I think after my first year, I kind of pulled back a little bit as well.
2: Mm hmm and we have to also remember that America is about a 240 yeah. plus year experiment. Yes. yes absolutely. You know, yeah. so uh, we knew, no, you know, I knew nothing about my roots, my culture, my whatever, mm. you know. And uh, so, with that being said, yes, it, it's, it's still an experiment. We have a lot yeah, of growing absolutely. to do. I mean, around the world, countries have a lot of growing. But we really have a lot of growing to do. No matter how well developed we are, and the advantages that we have, or well, that um, that that's had in America, there are still some things. There's still a lot of left undone, mm-hmm. and so therefore, uh yeah, it's it's just when I look at it now, I don't get as angry. I'm, a, I'm you know, like I say, I'm close to sixty now. So I look at it now and I say, "Hey, it's, it's, we still got some growing to do." You so know, and I, so it's just an it's just an experience and an experiment.
1: Yeah, and for me, I, I truly believe that when we talk of um, African liberation or we talk of the African diaspora, it's not only about the countries in the fifty-four. 54- countries within the continent. It's all of these people of African descent that exist around the world. Um, And the more connected we are, the better it is for our own liberation because we are still not free, right? So in Africa today we have you know, independent states, but they're not really, really free. And right to really move us to the next level, it is necessary to have support from the diaspora as well. And this is, you know, Ghana was the first sub-Saharan Af- independent sub-Saharan African country. And when Ghana became independent, he invited people like Malcolm X. He invited people like my Angelo. We had the Dubois come to Ghana and things. So this relationship between the diaspora and the continent is very, very, very important. Oftentimes, I feel there are not enough spaces that we can truly engage and build relationships. First, before we debate, I think when you start off your conversation with a debate, because we have very different views on race, even when we talk of voodoo and things, you know, people ask, should white people be allowed to practice voodoo or not? Should white people be able to wear African clothing or not? And on these grounds... A lot of Africans from the continent and African-Americans have very different views. But when the first point of conversation becomes the debate, you're not really trying to learn. You know, we're not really listening to the other side. But if we build relationships first and I trust you as a person and you're like, you're a good guy. You know, "I, I, I believe in this guy's ability to be a good person and have, you know, level-headed judgment and you can do the same for me when we engage the next time it's not going to be just trying to fight and at the end of the day when you're fighting you're not really learning because everybody's just trying not to lose face so i do think it's important to have more spaces uh, where africans and african americans are building these relationships and learning from each other because there's a lot we can learn from african americans and africans in the diaspora and there's a lot that we as people who are raised in the continent can also teach uh, diaspora and so which is why we started also things like diaspora. Yes. And we are focusing not only on the 54 countries, but we are saying we want people from the African diaspora to also join us so that we can learn together and build these relationships that will help accelerate our own liberation and our empowerment. Awesome. Listening is an art. Awesome, my brothers. We, we know
2: you got to go, so we're going to yep. wrap it up. These brothers are on the move, man, and we appreciate your time and everything, man. And uh, Yes, you- it was wonderful, man. I love the energy and everything. Yeah. And uh, if you don't mind my asking, how old are you guys?
1: I am 24. Oh,
0: wow.
2: I'm 22. Wiz- oh, wow.
0: I, I didn't know
2: you guys were that, young. Wow. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I mean, you, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm talking with these brothers. Not only are they educated, but it's just the wisdom and the maturity. Yes. Hey, man, you know, shout out to mom and dad for doing such a great job of raising you. But at the same time, you know, like when I was growing up back home in the country, you know, my grandfather was born. You know, the, the, those people were, you know, late 1800s or whatever. They still brought Africa with them. And they have this term, being raised by the village yes. and looking out for each other. So, man, I, I can tell you guys came from wonderful villages around the world, man. I mean, yeah. uh, tw- you say 20,
1: Four, 22.
2: 24, 22. God damn, y'all yeah. talking like a couple of 60-year-olds with all, <laughs> all this wisdom, man. But I appreciate Thank you very your much. Energy, man. And, yeah, and shout out your uh, social media. Yes, yeah, most definitely. What is it, um,
0: Jaspora? They have a Facebook page, Yes, right? we have a
3: Facebook page called Jaspora. We have a Facebook page called Revolution. So revolution. that's for the voodoo. It's kind of like
1: revolution, but revodution. So R-E-V-O-D-U-T-I-O-N. Yes. Revolution. And Jaspora is J-A-S-P-O-R-A. Um, and we are on Facebook um, we are on mostly facebook we have instagram um and for revolution we have a youtube channel which is called african magic temple african with a k magic with a ck and temple and we have videos on there where we're going on and on and on for hours and we also run uh, uh, a facebook live question and answer session every sunday Yes, so I, I've, to, yeah. I've checked out a few. So of So today at ten thirty p.m. Japan time, we will be going live from Ghana, and we'll be hosting people from all over the world who will have questions about some of these misconceptions and what should they do, and we answer them live every Sunday.
2: Awesome, awesome! Thank you, you guys. Fellas. Keep up the good work, man. Yes. And and you know, as we say in in you know in the Soka Gakkai organization, President Ikeda always, always he beats this into us that it's all about the youth, and you guys are the future. So appreciate you. Thank you very, right. much, Thank for you
0: very us. much for all having much right. All right, Peace. all right. That's it from the War Ro- Mobile Podcast from That's Tokyo right. Mobile
2: Band Cave in the house. We're in Shibuya, our second home. Peace out, bye. Peace, love, joy.
0: Thank you for listening to the Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com, or you can head straight to Google and type in War urban mobile podcast you can also listen to us on spotify itunes and wherever you can stream or download podcasts